2: Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni, and I'm excited.
3: You are excited. and uh, As as we discussed very briefly before the podcast recording began, uh, you have a question uh, that you would like to address. And uh, my bet was that I would be able to answer the question in far fewer words than it takes you to ask it. So, <laughs> and of course, leave enough openings uh, that we that still have the rest of a half an hour to talk about. It.
2: Okay, now I'm challenged to just try to get, condense it down if I can. Okay, so here's my first attempt. The, <laughs> can't even get it started. <laughs> okay, so what is meditation? How is it different from prayer? What can you expect from it? Or what is, what is the expectation of meditation? You know, do, do I need both? So that's a lot.
3: OK, that's so, a lot. And yeah. Here's my, my one-sentence answer that we will then dive into some more. Prayer is when you talk to God, and meditation is when you listen. Mm-hmm. And to have a conversation or a dialogue, both are required.
2: That sums that up, yeah.
3: Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty simple, <laughs> and it's and it's really important. And uh, I'll, I'll throw some extra words in there because uh, we can't oversimplify it. To get back to the core of the New Thought teaching, we believe there's one power, love, intelligence, force, that creative source that creates everything. And what it does is it doesn't sit outside there and like have this little laboratory, and we're in the laboratory, and it's you know, up you know, underneath the exhaust hood. Um, (laughs) uh, It does the creating by sharing itself as its creation. So everything that exists everywhere is that one infinite presence expressed in its own way. So we don't have to look outside of us for God. When we turn our eyes to the infinite, we can close them and go within, because that divine presence is abiding within, and not just within us, it's within everything. Everything is the divine taking its own form. And so if I want to attune myself to what is in that infinite mind beyond my awareness, then I can turn away from my senses and from my education and from all of the assumptions that I've ever made Mm -hmm. and let my mind get still and listen to what the infinite is actually able to say to me through intuition or guidance or suggestion or creativity of an aha moment, a sudden realization. We've all had them uh, and we have all been trained for the most part to disregard them. We were really good at it when we were little. (laughs) We were really good at it when we were little. So, meditation is being able to shut out the mind chatter and listen to that infinite intelligence, that still small voice. And prayer is when we are going to be creative, where we're going to understand exactly what it is that we want to experience next. Not necessarily, I want tab A to fit into slot B because we don't have necessarily that level of control, but I wish to have this experience of harmony in my relationship or prosperity in my lifestyle or some manner of good unfolding and health for a family member. When we are really clear about the experience that we wanna be having for ourselves or for those around us, we go into prayer and we acknowledge that that infinite creative power that creates everything that created us is active in us now. And then what we do, and that's that's the whole nature of practical prayer, is to be able to, to set that same creative law in motion because we are active participants in it. So the talking is speaking with the authority of the infinite, and listening is allowing that infinite intelligence to inform us, which is much bigger than the original answer sounded.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... Let's, let's keep it separate for a minute. I mean, okay. well, they are separate. But the prayer part that you explained sounds a bit general because of we don't have, you said, we don't have that level of power or whatever to make the details we ask for uh, harmony and so forth. So in in the prayer space, then, do we not be specific about You know, if we want harmony, we may have in our mind what needs to happen for us to experience harmony. Yeah, and we may be wrong. Yes, yes. So how do you know what to pray for?
3: Um, What we do is we have an idea of, and and this is my, my favorite part of this is the pivot. We have an idea of what it is that we don't want. There's something that's been going on that's been annoying, and we want something else. And rather than going with a direct attack on, I don't want to make that thing go away, mm-hmm. we broaden out our awareness to what's the experience of life that I want to be having once this situation has changed. So I'll give you an example. I live in this area that was developed and um, about 60, 70 years ago, and the Municipal Shade Tree Commission planted honey locust trees. They're very pretty, they're gorgeous, they're big. They have a wonderful canopy of leaves. This time of year, they're absolutely gorgeous. And they drop more crap on the lawn than you can possibly imagine. And the roots like just like growing into people's basements and um, they they grow sometimes along the surface and then there's these honey locust trees popping up everywhere on the lawn and uh, they drop stuff you know, little pine needle sorts of things in the springtime. And then there's little tiny leaves in the in the fall and these hideous looking seed pods that come down all year long for different reasons. And every house on my street has one in the front yard, along with a tag from the township with a number, because we're not allowed to do anything to them. If they need to be trimmed, the township's going to trim them. If we want to take them out, we're not allowed to take them out because they're part of the, community plan, and I really am not a fan of having a honey locust tree in my front yard, but I'm like dealing with it. My neighbor Judy really, really didn't like having that tree. She was like, she just, every time she had a chance, she would complain about how awful the tree was. Five or six years ago, tree got hit by lightning. (laughs) Township came right over and cut it down and took it away. Her tree, right? (laughs) Her tree, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Now, and she doesn't really do prayer, but, you know, she was so clear about the experience she wanted to have. She didn't, she was not going to call in a lightning strike. She had no idea that she could do that. And she knew that she wasn't going to be able to call a, 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 a tree trimmer in to cut the thing down. But she was looking at this tree and knowing something better. She was knowing something different in her experience. And the lightning strike came and took out her tree.
2: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) okay all right so there
3: there are other gentler uh versions of that story you know the one is the the person who's working in an office and the boss is dysfunctional and everybody in the department is like tense and on edge and they're on the verge of one of quitting but they can't because they feel that they're they're hemmed in and there's you know there's no possibilities for them and it's just a completely um, uh, oppressive environment. And then somebody in the group gets the idea of the experience. They don't, you know, you'd love to just smite the boss, have the earth open and swallow him or her, and then close up again, <laughs> that doesn't happen. Yeah. So the intention was, I, you know, I want to have a harmonious and uplifting and mutually supportive work environment where everybody is succeeding and the boss gets promoted. And gets put in charge of another bigger department that's so dysfunctional that the boss actually brings some order out of the chaos that's there. And the person who was setting the intention gets promoted and is now managing this group and knows exactly what to do. <laughs> and it becomes the most peaceful, harmonious workplace anybody can imagine. And nobody had to get hit by lightning.
2: Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I mean, that is a, that's a completely great story.
3: And so what, I've heard, I've seen that story happen on multiple occasions.
2: So what is okay? We we'd love to get to this wonderful outcome. In the middle, there's a whole bunch of there's dynamics going on. It's just whole layers thick of stuff. Mm-hmm. What's the prayer again? Now, what the does the pr- person pray for?
3: Um, and I'm going to take a step back into the experience that we're having because this, this is one of the things that makes the prayer challenging. The experience that I'm having is my boss is a jerk. Mm-hmm. Okay? And it's making everything in my office horrible. And it's all the boss's fault. And I want some—I I want the boss to go away.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: We're having these negative feelings about the boss. And it's all about putting the power and the energy and the focus on the boss. And the pivot is, okay, take the situation that we're in now with this oppressive, uh, the micromanaged, uh, unpleasant work environment what's the experience I want to have instead? So we turn away from the darkness, we turn towards the light and we say, the experience that I want to be having is a smooth and peaceful and mutually respectful and very effective successful department where everybody has the opportunity to share their gifts and do their work and take part in this peace and success. And there's nobody getting smited there's no there's nobody getting crushed underneath an iron heel of anything there mm-hmm. there's just the invitation for the experience to somehow mysteriously get better and when that's what we're inviting one of the possibilities is that the boss is going to get promoted there's lots of other possibilities
2: so then in the the intention of the prayer is <clears throat> or the desire it's it's what you want the desired outcome right but you don't dictate or worry about how that happens
3: right when we when we say how it's going to happen we are limiting the potential that the infinite has into our preconceived notions of what's possible and in an infinite universe when we narrow it down well i can think of three ways that this could happen and you know and that might be somebody who's got a lot of imagination it might be just one way they think it can happen the boss has to get brought up on charges and fired mm-hmm. or arrested or you know some other way it kidnapped while he's on vacation. <laughs> you know, and those <laughs> things tend to be uh, mean and violent and, uh, and and about that same power differential that caused the problem. As soon as we let go of that and say, I don't care how it happens. How is not my business? How is it? It's up to God. And open ourselves up to that possibility that this is the experience I want to have. And I don't I don't care how it comes about. Not, that's none of my business. It's above my pay grade. But I know that this goodness is happening then there's a lot of elbow room for that infinite creative power to do something that is completely beyond what we thought was possible.
2: Mm. Mm. Okay. Cause we
3: think it's local. We think that you know it's something that I have to do or that Susie has to do, or that we're going to gang up together and do. And it's a much bigger universe than that. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. could be somebody sitting in the boardroom saying, who are we going to get to run our completely dysfunctional outside <laughs> sales team? I know, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> and the inside sales team is just going to have to do with, do without him.
2: <laughs> and then everybody's happy. Yeah. No, but that that makes a lot of sense. And the real, the real piece in there, I think, to pay attention to is what we want, that the desired outcome, but letting go of how that has how that could work out. Yeah. And I'm saying this with huge amount of experience because I'm a former control freak.
3: You very much like doing how?
2: Yeah, because I didn't know anything else. I I just didn't, you know, but it's the only life I knew. But then I'm not, I'll tell you, I didn't let it go. (laughs) I didn't let it go because, no, wait, because it was, I was supposed to you know or because you explained a lot of reasons why I should a glimpse of the the a glimpse of god will make you back up hmm. because for me I'm thinking for instance you know my thing is the ocean and you know I go there and it helps me to you know kind of just Locate myself. It's <laughs> like you listen, you all that, but not all that, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so yesterday when we were driving home, you know, we there was a we could see part of the ocean, and I just get so filled when I look at it. But now it's starting to to hit me when I see it. This isn't much. This isn't a whole lot, because compared to the universe, this is like a drop and and that's that's a crazy feeling so when you really think of the ocean as an analogy of for god it's like okay you can just let this go <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> it's, it won't be a problem if you just let it go it's going to be okay
3: yep yeah yeah there's a nearly magical phrase that we can use i'm going to ask you to repeat it before we go into a break. God knows how this is gonna work.
2: Yeah, God knows how it's gonna work. And God really. does.
3: Is Reverend Bill letting you know that the Practical Prayer for Real Results class is now available on demand? That's right, you can take it at your own pace
2: Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni, and that was great.
3: And that- we're talking about meditation and prayer, and God knows how that's going to work out. And I want to do a quick shout out to uh, Kate, who listens to us in Buffalo, New York. Uh, she was uh, one of the original members of my teen group, and I heard that she sometimes listens to this. And uh, as a typical member of my teen group, she will either be tickled or mortified that I'm mentioning her. <laughs>
2: <laughs> be tickled, she'll be tickled.
3: <laughs> be tickled, yeah. So God knows how this is going to work out. And to me, that's a that sounds like a statement of, of exasperation. God knows how this is going to work out, but that's true. I don't need to. If God knows how this is going to work out, then all I have to do is say, "This is this is what's working out," and the details yeah. belong to some to, to to some outside force, and that lets me surrender. It you you it's a relief. You know, it's it's a relief. I think at yeah, least for I'm me, real, you and I are both really good at figuring out how the pieces are going to fit together and how to take this ten pounds of whatever it is and mold it into that. St- Sculpture or whatever it's going to be, yeah. Um, and it's really good to be able to do that. And sometimes it works against us because sometimes there's something a little bit more that's going to be required to get the job done, and then we face struggle because all right, I can get it ninety percent of the way there, but then God knows how the the next ten percent is going to happen. And what I generally find after I've gone through some struggle is, you know, I could have turned it over to the infinite before I started struggling. Got the idea and say, "Well, this this one's going to be complicated, so I'm just going to allow the infinite to tell me what to do next, and then I'll do that."
2: Well, you know what? I'm going to be your cheerleader because I'm right there with you. I'm <laughs> <laughs> going to be, but you don't know what point the struggle is going to be. You know, it, it's you get there, and it's. But the good thing is to be able, and maybe this is experience or living in the new thought idea for uh, philosophy for a long time. You can say, when I start feeling the struggle, you know, you can be sensitive to going in. I'm going to do the best I can for this situation. But when it becomes, you know, a struggle, or for me, I'll say, because I don't like unpleasantness, I don't.
3: You oh, know? I'm sorry. Anybody who wants to raise their hand because they like unpleasantness? No, but some. I mean, people- it's kind of the nature of unpleasantness <laughs> is that it's unpleasant.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you don't know some of the people that I that I have known for 35 years no
3: <laughs> there are some who are gluttons for punishment yeah but.
2: yeah but if if it becomes un inc- uncomfortable you know um I just I I had to learn that now I didn't come to when I met you I didn't know that I would just keep plugging you know because I, I'm supposed to be able to get this done but now I'm just like, okay, wait a minute. This feels very unpleasant. I know God can handle this. Like, I think I always have a part to do. Mm-hmm. I never stand back as though I don't have a part to do because, you know, I'd feel like a bum. <laughs> I don't want to feel like a bum. <laughs> 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 but um, stepping back is is something you have to learn how to do too. So it's just like a lot of energetic moving parts in in uh, becoming. hmm Right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a lot that's going on and God knows how this is going to work out because when we're able to let go of our need to control it, then if I can, and I can figure out, you know, if I have a, and I've, I think we've done this before, um, if I have a thousand pound boulder mm-hmm. and I want to move it a mile, and I'm trying to figure out how I'm gonna do that. Then, you know, I'm gonna think about the levers and I'm gonna think about trucks and locomotives and all sorts of things. And there are actually a couple of really simple answers. The simplest one is to put it a mile up on a cliff and just push it off. And it's gonna make that mile all on its own with no further intervention. Or if I have it in Minneapolis, I can put it on a barge and then just go down to New Orleans and wait. <laughs> 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 it's much more than a mile so and when i first say you know moving a thousand pound boulder a mile it's like that just seems like a lot it seems like a lot of work and for us it is
2: mm-hmm.
3: but there's other possibilities and when we let go of what the limitations that we imposed on it and open up to the other possibilities all sorts of simple stuff comes along
2: it's, and you say let go, you know, like I said, that's a whole, that's a whole nother lesson, you know, mm-hmm. workshop. All the- <laughs> <laughs> I can make a workshop out of anything, but um, it, it really is because it's it's letting go before you go nuts, you know, and I, I think like, okay, Spirit, what are you going to do with this? Because this is a mess.
0: <laughs>
2: I sure hope you got a plan.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and, The the magic is in the pivot. The magic is when we go from looking at the problem to opening to the new possibility. And in the pivot, there's a huge letting go of our assumptions. Because I'm looking at something and I I can describe exactly what's wrong with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The size and shape and color and texture and nature and, you know, the precise weight and, you know, the, the, the speed and direction, velocity, humidity, all of that. I can, I can catalog everything that is wrong with the situation. But when I get to the pivot, it's like, okay, once this annoying thing is gone, then what? Cause it's not just going to leave an empty space. There's going to be something that happens instead. Am I just mm-hmm. going to feel peace of mind because it's gone or am I going to then have the opportunity to do something different? You know, if there's somebody who's really annoying in my life and they stop annoying me in my life, am I just going to have empty time? or am I gonna do something else? So, and and it's by setting our, our sights on that next newness that we are then able to let go of the specifics of how this thing is gonna transform into something new and and then let the infinite create something even greater than we had expected or anticipated.
2: Interesting you, you raised that example because um, that next newness, to me, it's like faith you know i do not like the current situation for example and um i can't figure out how to change it but i do know when it's changed i'm going to be happy <laughs> yeah i have i have enough faith to know that uh, there's going to be something there and it'll it'll be cool you know mm-hmm. it'll it'll be like it won't be this i'll tell you that <laughs> it's not whatever the, this might be um so then you know the element of faith comes in a bit
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And yeah, because all things work together for good, and I'm stuck on that because so you know I've, if I work it out, I I have made plenty of messes now. Okay, so if oh, yeah. you know if I let it go to spirit, it's 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 surely gonna be better than the chance, <laughs> <laughs> the chance of what I'm doing. You know,
3: yeah. Faith has been described as belief in things unseen, mm-hmm. and. It's really easy to believe in stuff that we see or stuff that we've been told has happened to other people. But to be able to look a situation in the face and know that there's something better that's available, even if we don't know exactly what it is, but mm-hmm. just just that understanding that there is something better. What does better feel like to me? What does it better look like to me when I when it's better? Um what am I doing? How am I dressed? Who am I hanging out with? You know, what's the air temperature? just to be able to identify with that newness that's coming along with the change in the experience. Okay. So, you know, whether it's the, the, the boss changing or uh, my favorite one is the doctors apologetically scratching their heads saying, we have no idea how we could have gotten that diagnosis so wrong, but there's no evidence of X, Y, or Z disease.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And I've seen mm-hmm. that happen a bunch of times and it's my ego is just has fun with those. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's wonderful to watch because it is a transformation in the life of the person who had the original diagnosis. And to me, it takes the, um, the ego level of, of the, the medical professionals who thought they knew everything down a notch as well. So that's a win all the way around, as far as I'm concerned.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That's one we have to go with um, at, some, <laughs> <laughs> at some point. Um, but again, it's it's faith that it's faith in what I can't, what I don't know. But everything is known. I think everything, every thing is available to know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And if I don't know it right now, if it's not in my understanding right now, I'm still cool with it because it's you know it's going to happen. Like God knows better than I do, or you know, and, and I don't mean like God out there somewhere. You know, I, I think some describe it as a higher self or whatever. It, whatever you say or think about God, God knows it better. Yeah. And, yeah. and I can, you know, I can be okay with that. I think it has to do with like listing your 10 core, core beliefs. And <laughs> I don't know how many numbers you got, right? But for me, right in there is all things work together for good. Mm-hmm. So if that's going to happen, I'm leaning on that. Because if it's not good, I'm coming. For an explanation, <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, and sometimes in the middle of the experience, it's clearly not good. There's clearly some sort of a disruption or an upset that's going on—a um, clearing, a cleansing, uh, or a reset. Um, you know, sometimes I describe that as the second act. First act, we meet all the characters. The second act, the tragedy comes along. The villains show up. Darth Vader is going to blow up the, you know, the the, the rebel base. Um, pick your hero story. And then in the third act, the the heroes manage to overcome the the, 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 the dark forces and are able to prevail. And the, the lead characters fall in love and everybody gets their rich rewards and there's much smiley and jubilation. And you can't have the third act without the second act. So it is a constant cycle of creation and destruction and creation and discretion. And, you know, it's the, the, the phoenix from the ashes. You know, rising from the ashes, that's pretty cool. Bursting into flames doesn't feel that comfortable. (laughs) You know, I can't imagine saying, hmm, what do I want to do today? Burst into flames? Um, You know, (laughs) it's just not the sort of thing that would occur to you. However, in order to have that rebirth from the ashes, that's part of the program.
2: It's, yeah. Now, you know, you very well know that that's complicated for me. Like, Mm -hmm. I get it. I get it. And I'm in the midst of the crap that's going on. I don't know that I can personally think that organized, you know, that rationally. So I just say, listen, this is going to work out for good. Mm -hmm. This right here is really, I can't say the word I would love to say. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so descriptive, right? (laughs) I can't even tell you the letter that it starts with, but you can imagine, right? This right here is. But I know it's going to work together for good. So, number one, I got to take deep breath and just get through it because everything changes. Nothing stays the same. The way you described it is much more eloquent. It's nicer, you know? I wish I could think that way when I'm in the hole. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I know I know I'm getting out of it. I don't know how I'm getting out of it, but all things work together for good. So this right here must be working out for my good. And I have a thousand examples, as as do you. Yeah. You
3: know. And then the more we pay attention, the more examples we have. And there's some there's some examples where people you have to point out to them the miracle that just happened. Because mm-hmm. they just skipped over it. You know, they were struggling, 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 and then finally they overcame. And it's like, there was so much more going on than just you trying to push buttons down there on the ground. Uh, But that's all they're paying attention to, so they don't notice. Um, Let us uh, us take a break, and uh, when we resume, we'll do a prayer on meditation and prayer, and we will also focus our attention on looking a fact in the face and knowing something better.
1: Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. Reverend Bill Marchione's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy to understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective. The book includes 40 prayers on various topics that you can adapt as needed and use as your own. Practical prayer for real results is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook on Amazon or at b the light. That's B-The-Light.com.
2: Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. This discussion has been amazing.
3: Yeah, we started out on meditation versus prayer, mm-hmm. and then discussed how they're very similar to each other, two different sides of the same coin. Uh, and then we've been talking about how we can take a situation that is not to our liking and pivot. Uh, when we're training practitioners, we we teach them to look a fact in the face and know something better. And the mm-hmm. fact is what's showing up in our awareness. Well, I'm mm-hmm. you know looking at a situation, and this is this is not to my liking. This is not serving my interests or the interests of the other people who are here. Um, and I can know something better. And that's the pivot. That's being able to turn away from that and and, and assuming that there is some permanence to whatever it is that I'm looking at and know that there's something better. And the pivot is to be able to open to whatever that newness is. And it's not necessarily that, okay, at the end of this prayer, uh, somehow somebody's going to drive up with a brand new car to replace my old car. Mm-hmm. The prayer instead that I want to get a new car for free is I want to have my perfect transportation and have my, my finances fit together in an orderly fashion and let go of the details and open up to the tone and the texture and the feeling of the situation. I was reminded of uh, somebody who was in class with me 20 years ago, and they were constantly having problems with their car. Uh, with the car breaking down, not being able to afford to repair a car, kept on getting jalopies. And it was just an ongoing cycle, got into the teaching and another student in the class was getting a new car. And this was back in the early days when Kia was having their intro sale Mm -hmm. and it was buy one, get one free. (laughs) <laughs> I must've missed and, that one. <laughs> and, she, and, and, and the student showed up and it's like, oh, well, there's this promotion going on. We've already got the deal all set up for you. So you get a second Kia. She says, okay, you can use it. Problem solved. And nobody in their right mind would say, I want to get a free car from the manufacturer because they've started a promotion. But being able to look a fact in the face and know something better. Opens us up to a world of possibilities that go beyond the way that we think that we'd be able to do it. So let's do some prayer on that, and actually we're going to combine it with a little bit of meditation, because as I mentioned before, meditation is listening to the infinite, and prayer is speaking to the infinite. So that we close our eyes and go within. We can become aware of where we are right now. As you feel yourself seated in your seat, and by the way, only do this if you're if it's safe to close your eyes. Airline pilots should not close their eyes for an extended period while they're working. Uh, Or some other people, like sawmill employees, come to mind as well. The rest of us can close our eyes so that we can turn away from the specifics of the circumstance and the situation that's going on in front of us. Because there's more going on than is obvious. This situation is as we have understood and expected and experienced it. And it is possible for this situation and circumstance to continue along the way it has been, and it's possible for it to change. Feel yourself anchored in your chair. Take a deep, full breath in, let yourself be filled. Hold at the top. Sip in a little more air, invite in something more. And then a deep, full breath out, let it go. As good as that breath has been, as life-giving and supportive as it's been, let it go. Release it. It has come to pass. And feel yourself settle into that emptiness and that availability. Now another deep, full breath in. Let yourself be filled. And again, hold to the top. This may feel exactly like the previous breath, but it is different. We're different. We've changed. We've grown. We've aged. We've moved through space and time. And as good as that breath has been let it go another deep full breath out and continue breathing at that comfortable pace with a reminder on every inhale that the infinite is ready to fill us with a brand new idea and on the exhale we can surrender and let go of it let go of everything that we thought we knew up until now so that we can be open to something even more wonderful even more joyous, even more uplifting on the next inhale. The meditation is being in the quiet, simply breathing, allowing the thoughts to go away. When they show up, just let them pass. If they're important, they'll come back again. We can spend a minute or two or ten in the silence, just breathing, just being, just allowing ourselves to be quiet so the still, small voice can speak that suggestion of what's ours to do can be revealed. And continue in knowing that that infinite creative power that creates everything that has created each of us is creating this moment right here and right now, this next new experience, this next new unfolding, this grand revelation of the new ideas, the new experience, the new opportunities we have in life are being revealed to us are being offered to us or being are showing up right in front of us that infinite creative power that creates everything is creating through and as and for us exactly that which is perfect to bring about that new experience that new feeling and flavor of life and it's happening continuously in ways that are subtle in ways that are dramatic Sometimes both. And there's nothing that stands in the way of this process. That infinite creative power creates everything. The thought that it can't create something new for us, the thought that there's something that's too big or too difficult or too challenging or too complicated is preposterous. It's an infinite creative power. All good is available everywhere. And that means it's available right here and right now for each of us in our own way. I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for the good that's coming about. I'm grateful for the awareness of the process. I am grateful for the wonderful stories that each of us gets to tell about this good coming about. And so with gratitude for all of this good and more, I speak this word, this intentional word, this word of invitation, this word of opening, and I release it into that creative law that creates everything. And I know with full faith and conviction that it is now creating this. The good is underway now. And so I let it be. And so it is.